This episode of the React Podcast is brought to you by reacttraining.com. In-person, hands-on training for development teams from React community leaders and experts. Visit reacttraining.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the React Podcast. I am your host, Michael Jackson. I'm here with my co-host, Michael Chan. Hello again. And we have a very special guest today, Mr. Ken Wheeler. What up? What up? I I, I, uh, I gave Ken very specific instructions to tell you all how delighted he was to be here, etc. But uh, I just couldn't make it, it happen. You <laughs> okay. forgot. Okay. Too I, I got intimidated. You guys have such incredible radio voices. You know, you freeze up. The, we're actually rolling. I get it. You get nervous. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's just my defense mechanism. Just what up? <laughs> uh, all right. So Ken, in case you are not familiar with Ken, has done uh, a ton of work in React, a lot of work even before React. Um, I met Ken probably, I'm trying to think, maybe like, oh, I don't know, probably two or three years ago. I think we met at one of the React comps. I think it was React uh, comp two. Was that the one that you spoke at? You did a lightning talk? Yeah. 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 This, it was like the second or third one. Yeah, I, I did. I gave a lightning talk at the second as well as the third one, but it was the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About React Native or whatever. And you were like super nervous back then. Oh my god! Holy, oh dude, I was shitting my pants. Yeah, that was the scariest time. That was my first talk and my yeah. first conference. Well, I mean, how many have you done now? You've done like what, like a hundred? Several. Yeah, quite a few. Um, now I I give zero fucks. I just get up there and see. But you know, at the time it was like React Conf. Like React Conf is so official. You know, I, I had like spoken at like a meetup, right? And you're like, you know, you just go up there and like put your laptop up and they don't even give you a microphone. React Conf, there's like some lady with a clipboard and like they have you with like like a like a ShamWow microphone and she's sitting there counting me down. She's like, all right, three, two, one, go. And you walk out and there's like bright lights. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Smile, <laughs> smile. What's wrong with you? Walk faster. Yeah, that conference definitely is the most official, like timeline wise. I mean, from the very beginning, it's always been like, no, it's time to get off the stage. Go. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it was like fucking going on Mori or some shit. It was. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> no, no, this is this is interesting because you know recently I've actually I haven't actually done any uh, conferences in like the last year. I think since I was up at React Rally last year, but I've done a ton of meetups. I spoke at the React uh, Chicago meetup, Boston, uh, New York last fall. And I just love speaking at meetups, dude. Oh, I meetups just, are the best. I just love the vibe. You know, you just get up there and, you know, people are like gnawing on pizza crust and like, you know, just having a drink or whatever. And everybody's just real relaxed and chill. And and you get feedback from the audience. You know, something yes. something that is that you don't get a lot in conferences is, you know, if you make a mistake or something, you know, there's just dead silence. But if I'm in a meetup and I make a mistake, somebody's like, oh, hey, you forgot your semicolon on line 74. And I'm like, oh, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. You know, it's it just feels like there's a little bit more of a kind of live atmosphere. It seems to me like we were talking about this a while back on Twitter, Ken. Weren't, weren't you involved in that little conversation a little bit? But yeah, I definitely share the sentiment. I think it's cool at meetups where you can meet every single person. Yeah. At a conference, like you don't get to meet every single person. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you try, but that'd be weird. Um, so it's like, you know, at, at a meetup, like you're just there and you can see every single person where like some yeah. conferences, you know, it's just a, a yeah. sea of, of yeah. folk. 
So that's interesting. What's what's one of your tricks then for trying to meet as many people as you can at a conference? Oh, I just go stand around. I just go stand places like uh, people aren't intimidated by you. Like, oh, crap, that's Ken Wheeler. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, if I was like a, an intellectual or, you know, something like that, you know, perhaps, you know, if I took myself very seriously. Um, but, you know, I, I carry myself like a fucking idiot. So I think that, you know, most people, are, you know, they're like, hey, this guy. I'm like, what's up, buddy? What's going on? <laughs> it is true. You do have a very, uh, what is it, approachable persona online. I mean, like the sheer number of people who tweet at you every time they barbecue. I mean, myself included. I like I can't even stop myself from doing it, even though I find it laughable sometimes. It's amazing. Well, I saw the salmon today. It looked oh, beautiful. Man. Oh, with was it nuts? From the garden. Oh. What a what a salmon. Even though I am I, yeah, I, I feel the same way as you, Michael Chan. Even though I am highly offended by the foul language that spews from this man's mouth, I cannot <laughs> I cannot keep myself from faving his tweets. And interacting all with him all, all the time on Twitter. It's just like constantly. He's he's a, he's got a great Twitter presence. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. We, I was, we I was like just I was, fun. I, was, I was just teasing you there. By the way, you um, <laughs> for for those of you who don't know, Ken was like he was he was hitting on me pretty hard yesterday about my name being Michael Jackson. So oh, just had to just had to get some get some rubs back in there, dude. That might have been the funniest shit I've ever written in my entire life. <laughs> I, what was it? I, I wish you've been hit by you've been hit by a sad interval, <laughs> dude. I unstarted that just so I could start it again, man. I was real proud of that. That was like probably the highlight of my day. It was so good. Did you okay? Did that come right to you, or were you like going through Michael Jackson songs? No, no, that, that, that was, was that was like immediate. That that oh. that's how that works, you know. Like if I if I think so about something, I, I, it, was, it never works out. But you know, sometimes it was something so just click and it, it was so beautiful. It was I was so glad to have been there. <laughs> I was glad to have been there too. All right, Ken. Now, now, before that, before I met you a couple years back at this conference, which got us off on this tangent, what were you doing? Because right now you are the director of open source at Formidable. Obviously, Formidable does a ton of stuff with React. Uh, he's done a lot with React Native. Tell us how you got into that role at uh, into your current role as the director of open source at, at Formidable. Yeah. So um, I was working on. Uh, so I, I've been, I've worked on retail, right? Not like 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 working at the gap, but like retail e-commerce for a uh, point of sale systems. Yeah. 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 For, for, you know, like a decade, like that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much all I do. That's, mm-hmm. that's the entire, you know, I've never worked on like a product or at a startup or anything. It's always mm-hmm. been some kind of retail. Cool. Um, so at the time I was working at this company where, uh, we were building websites for like New York fashion companies, which is probably a, a side effect of, uh, you know, just the, the region, Right. Because mm-hmm. if you're not in fintech, you know, you're doing like, you know, fashion e So mm-hmm. I'm sitting there making the websites for like, like Mark Jacobs and Tom Ford and stuff like yeah. that. Oh, wow. Um, on this platform uh, called the Manware, which was, which was funny. It was like, uh, you know, it's, it's web development, but it was like you write uh, everything in JavaScript. They had like this like thing called uh, the Manware script, which is like an ECMAScript variant, like server side ECMAScript. And then, you know, there's like a visual, like you built your, uh, your APIs like with like these, like a visual programming thing. Uh-huh. It was bananas. Um, but yeah, I was doing that for, for work pretty much. Um, I've never even heard of this. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. it, it sounds like, kind of like a, it sounds like a action script type thing. 
No, I mean it's it's like a uh, like a proprietary e-commerce platform kind of thing. Like, have yeah. you ever heard of like ATG Commerce? No, dude, this is that, a completely separate world. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, is it is it kind of like Framer um, in the way that there's like a Matt? You know, like Magento. Yes. Yeah. Imagine yeah. like Magento if you had millions of dollars. Ah. Huh. So it was like that sort of thing. Like you know, so, no, no, so, but the like the like drag and drop uh, programming thing. Is it kind of like the like the way that Framer does it? I'm not too familiar with it. But I've um, seen, I haven't like, really messed with Framer, stuff, but like, it's like um, you know, if you were to build like a flowchart type thing. Okay. Remember like Visual Basic? Yeah. You know how you'd like put stuff on the screen and then click it and you'd have like a little side menu that would have like all like the properties of that thing? Okay. It was kind of like that, but it was like a node and like line to node type thing. Like, that is like, so wild. Like you'd have like your start node and your end node and your end node could be like uh, like a template. So you'd have like JSON or you'd have like a uh, HTML template. But in the in the uh, interim, right, you could do things like put data into scope with these different uh, like uh, script nodes that would go out and, you know, make a call for data or some shit like that. So it would like build up like your, your data scope, which then got passed to your template. Um, mm. It was actually pretty fucking wild. Now that I think about that mm. in retrospect, at the time it was like a pain in the ass. I'm like, what is this? You know, I just wanted to do like node work. Um, well, and then you started you started dabbling in the JavaScript stuff on the side, right? Which is or like no, no, for, no, I, I mean, I, you're always doing JavaScript on the front end. I well, guess. yeah, it was it was full stacky. So it was like uh, most of what I did was was being the front end person. Um, mm. And when you're making fashion websites. Mm. Um, the extent of your JavaScript is styled to drop down menus and carousel. Mm. Mm. Um, so what, at one point, right, I was actually writing a new carousel from scratch for each website. Oh yeah. Because you know, it was just, it was like, you know, you had like flex slider and, um, I guess there were some of the other ones out at the time. Dude, you might have you might have heard of something that I wrote back in the day. Did you ever did you ever come across something called Shadowbox? Yeah, you wrote that shit. Yeah, dude, get the heck out of town. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that was you wrote my, Shadowbox. Was, yeah, dude, that was wow. 2008, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I used to use that shit all the time. That's funny, dude. That was, that yeah, was that, like was, that, that was like the modals and the images, right? Yep. Yeah. That was the that was the very first time I ever saw a light box. Was um, it was called Lightbox. Oh, what was the guy's name that did it? But anyway, he made the light box and you could basically just put images in it. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to be able to light box anything. So I made shadow box because I was like, it'll be like the dark counterpart of the light box. And then you could put like freaking Swifts in there. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Iframes and like Swifts. Yeah. Yeah. I used to I used to do exclusively flash work for like restaurants. You know, you make like restaurant websites with like. Mm hmm the music animation intro and shit mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Shadowbox. How about that? So, so, so you got tired of making a separate carousel for every site. And is that when you kind of distilled slick carousel out of that? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, um, almost any open source that I've ever written has come directly from anger. Anything that's been good has been a oh, result dear. of me being pissed the fuck off. Yeah, and you just need it, right? Yeah. You're just like, oh my gosh, this sucks. I'm just gonna write this thing. Yeah, I've had that's enough where, of this shit. So, you dude, know, and then I, I feel you. Yeah, so I, I ended up writing that carousel. Um, I think that was for Mark Jacobs. I think is the the project where I lost my shit. Yeah, so that got pretty popular. Um, I mean, I just used it internally, like at first, and then I was like, hey, I should probably let other people use this. It's it's pretty 
pretty helpful. Um, they put it up on your GitHub. Yeah. And I, I didn't know, you know, I mean, back then, like I, I released a thing where um, uh, it would do styled checkboxes, drop downs and something else mm-hmm. videos, right? Like, cause you would override the styles on those and give you like image ones. And that was called handsome JS. And I was like really excited cause it got like 30 stars. I was like, wow, wow. We're making it big here. Sweet. I was so excited. And uh, so I was like, you know, what, let's push this out, see how it goes. And it was just, you know, just bananas, crazy amount of stars. I was like, wow, OK. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I became embittered. <laughs> and then during the maintenance of that, you know, you go in, you know, all, all excited and bright eyed. Um, and then, you know, open source just tears your soul out of you. But I digress. Um, well, you know, that that that's interesting, though, is that. It, it feels like a lot of people reminisce about that happy place for them where they put something out of the world and a lot of people were just kind of happy that it existed and you got your 30 stars and you felt like a champ, right? Yeah. And then there's that that other side of it, which seemed to happen directly after that for you with the carousel, where you get the nasty side, where you get the stars, but like you get all the jerks You don't get the nasty too. at first, right? Because you're so excited that people are using it and that your shit is relevant that you're not like... You know, like I would remember, like people would put in bug reports, and I'd be like, on it. You know, I just go run and <laughs> fucking, you know, stay up till four in the morning fixing things. I'm like, oh, we have the best, the best version out now. Just released it, fixed a bunch of stuff. You know, I'm all proud of myself and shit. Um, and then over time, right? And you know, once you work out the things that actually matter, that are actual bugs, then all the bugs that get filed are just, you know, fucking petty. <laughs> you know, just like, mm. yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's nitpicking. It's like, um, you know, people are very entitled shit like that. And then like you're sitting there, you've stayed up for a month till four in the morning and you know, it, it, it took longer than that. You know, I, for a couple months there, I was like super responsive with the, the issues and stuff. Well, and sometimes, and sometimes a lot of that stuff that comes later too is like, um, you know, you've established a baseline and it's time for somebody to kind of build on top of that. And you know, they're trying to, they're trying to fit something into the core and you're like, yeah, this isn't really the core this isn't really the job that I was trying to do or that this thing that this piece of code was trying to do. That's something else. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah, your it's thing. Hard, it's you know? hard to, to keep you know? the original vision or to keep control yeah. of the scope. Yeah. So people are like, well, yeah. Oh, this is my fucking favorite. Oh my God. Where people are like, um, Oh, well this doesn't do this. And you know, if, if you're not going to add it, then I'm just going to have to use this other one. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, uh, you're killing me. You're killing me. Are you telling me that you're going to have to go and read somebody else's free oh, code? Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, what am I going to do with the, the lost uh, revenue? <laughs> that, uh, I really appreciated that actually with, uh, uh, Ryan Florence, actually my friend from, uh, last couple of years I've been doing a lot of react with. He, uh, he actually helped me to understand that perspective better than anybody. One, one summer, I think it was like two years ago now when Unpackage was like still very, very new, just like a, just like an experiment really. I I took the whole server down for like 15 or 20 minutes or something. And, um, and, and yeah, somebody came in with that kind of attitude and they were just like, well, I just obviously can't rely on this thing. So I'm going to have to blah, 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 and use something else. And I was like, and I, and me at being the person who was like, who had created it, um, I guess I'm a little bit more on the like, oh, I'm so sorry side, you know, like, oh, I, I want to make this nice. I want to make this good. And Ryan was just like, well, we're going to miss your your weekly unpackaged subscription. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, 
thank you, man. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because I really just made this thing and just wanted to, sh- you know, just tried to share it with some people. And uh, and here's this dude coming in here with this attitude like, oh, well, blah, I'm going to go use something else. And and I just, I needed that. I uh, appreciated that. You guys are nice fellows, nicer fellows than I. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know if... if we are gentlemen, you might gentlemen, say. Gentlemen, yeah, gentle sirs. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed... But uh, I don't do real well with arguing on the internet. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, uh, right, yeah, that that that's particularly challenging for me when you have uh, people talking shit. You know, and it's like you know a lot of, a lot of people are like you know I guess a little bit more enlightened. You know, they're like, okay, well, you know, he can feel that way, but you know, that's how it is. Okay, no, no problem, bud. Go ahead, and do your thing. You know, me, I'm like, I'm like, I will fucking like, kill you. No. <laughs> that's not how it is. Yeah. What's the what's the thing that gets under your skin most? Because everyone's got a trigger and like a lot of people can can take a lot in a certain a certain way or a certain type of criticism. They can just take all day. Right. But then but then there's for everybody, there's that one thing that just drives them nuts. What's that like core thing that just puts oh, you off man. with uh, with some of these commenters? Um, well, there's two things I don't like um, when when I don't like being attacked personally. Um, especially when people try and make you feel bad for, for just being yourself. Cause I'm a big fan of being myself and I strive to do it. Um, so when, you know, people are like, brr, brr, this guy's, you know, toxically masculine or whatever the fuck, you know, I'm like, fuck I will beat the shit out of you. And then, you know, obviously that, that affirms that, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, but it's like, what the fuck? When did that, when did, when did that become a bad thing? <laughs> you know? Um, that and 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 also intellectual dishonesty, right? Where 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 someone okay. will um, where it's inconceivable to me that they don't know that they're wrong and they're still arguing. Yeah, you feel like they're uh, like they're like they just refuse to concede. I had this one uh, guy on this one issue, right? Who who insisted that he was a customer of my product, which was which was an open source library. He was slick. He insisted that he was a customer and was an entitled to customer service and that I was a bad steward of customer service um, for, for, for one reason or another. And there was a big pile on a bunch of people came in. They're like, are you out of your mind? You're not a, you're not a customer. You know, he's like, well, better. And like, you know, this, the, he knew he was wrong, but he just kept going with it. He wouldn't, he, he wouldn't concede. In. Right. Yeah, wouldn't like, concede I reported you to GitHub yeah. and da, 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 da. I'm like, you reported me to GitHub? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fucking, they're gonna take down yeah, a twenty thousand star repo for fucking. You know, Timmy. Timmy, don't do shit. Get the fuck out of here. Like, so, so that's the so that's the bad stuff. But what's what's some of the good stuff? Because obviously you're the you're the director of open source at Formidable, so you have to you have to be getting some some value of it. Like, what's the what's the part that keeps keeps driving you? Two things. The first thing is uh, every once in a while, uh, someone will reach out. And say that it helped, like one of the things I built helped them or they, it was, you know, it was awesome or they had a good time with it or, oh man, dude, I was time crunched. I was fucked. And, you know, they saved me. And, uh, you know, that, that's just downright heartwarming. I like that shit. Um, that's Mm -hmm. good. And, you know, for, for every, you know, uh, dude who insists he's a customer, um, for every hundred of those, you know, it's made up for when you have one person who is, you know, literally grateful that you wrote it. Um, that's cool as hell. You know, you, you provided value and that's the shit. Um, 
uh, I guess the other thing is um, seeing it in use, right? Like that's fun. That's really like yeah. like like um, uh, Julian Shapiro, who made Velocity, um, also made this thing called LibScore, and it went and it scraped. I mean, it doesn't really work with bundled stuff, so uh, I mean, it might now, but at the time it didn't. But so so mm-hmm. things like uh, you know that were like global on the window, it could pick up at the time. I don't know, you know, I don't know the current state of how that works. But at the time, you know, if it was on the window or, you know, as a jQuery uh, function extension, yeah, it would, it would go and it would tally it up. Um, and seeing everywhere that Slick was used, you know, like, you know, like it was like, you know, fucking Home Depot or Harvard or shit like that. And I'm like, wow. I wish I had something like that nowadays, though, because I've wondered that about like React Router, for example, or like like Unpackage, like where, like who's using this stuff? Sometimes I, I try and grep through the logs, you know, but there are... I don't know. I should be better. It's about hard it. to get a pulse on like, uh, you know, at formidable, we make victory and we, you know, we kind of want to know who is using it. There's not really a way to know mm-hmm. that other than me going out on Twitter and being like, Hey, who uses victory? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you would get everybody who follows you on Twitter and they would tell you, but, yeah. but you, you know, you know that you're just missing, like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there has, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we're in this, this react bubble. So, there's going to be a lot of good hits, right? But there's there's definitely stuff that's uh, also there's stuff they're just not going to tell you, you know. You know, there's probably some kind of compliance thing or something where they're not going to own up to it. So you mentioned Victory. You you guys uh, were uh, let's see. You're working on uh, the, so Victory is just one of the projects that uh, one of the open source uh, projects that that Formidable uh, puts out. You've also got. Uh, spectacle is that one that's put out by formidable or was that like a personal thing i mean it's it's i i wrote it but it's it's a uh, yeah, just kind of all bleeds together yeah, all, all the open source that i've done since i've joined formidable has been under formidable that's the deal so there's also uh so spectacle is this cool library for doing uh in browser kind of like uh presentations right like keynote stuff um there's also urkel urkel Probably one of the best named libraries out there. The one uh, that one's for Agreed. that one's for doing. Um, golly, what's it called? GraphQL. Yeah, it's like an client uh, type thing, but like a really a, a simplified. Was was that one that came out of that? I mean, that I, I was that you, you spoke earlier about like oh yeah, sometimes you just get so fed up that you just you just make something. Was that one? Was that one of those? So I'll tell you the story about Urkel <laughs> real quick. Yeah, um, I would love to hear that actually, because everywhere I go, everybody's like, "Oh, Apollo." Yeah, is the thing. So, um, and, uh, <laughs> I love that. I love Ken that like everything has this like really good story <laughs> yeah. attached oh, yeah. to it with you. Like, let me tell you the story about that one, little. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with with Urkel. Um, so, I, 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 have you done much GraphQL? Do you do it? I, I have done some. Yeah, I, not a whole lot. My 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 experience really ends with uh, I've used some of Apollo, and then I've also played with Graphical. But admittedly, I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't played with Urkel at all. Yeah, and mine is limited specifically to uh, Gatsby. So um, GraphQL is kind of the shit. Uh, it's actually yeah. absolutely the shit. Um, and one thing that frustrated me was uh, not being able to use it on everything, right? Um, there's a lot of places where uh, it makes a lot of sense and it's not being used. Um you know, and I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly getting more popular now, but at the time, you know, it, it was popular, but it wasn't like super like in prod popular. Yeah. Like everybody knows what it is. They all know the name, but nobody's actually 
building stuff with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like machine learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Like everybody talks about that shit. Like, you know, who the fuck fucking writes machine learning? Oh, <laughs> no, know? I do. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Do no, you? Just, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I've heard the word TensorFlow exactly. before. Um, but, you know, the idea with Urkel um, was that I wanted to use GraphQL at work. Um, and the way I saw it was that in order to do that, in order to get the clients to say yes to using it, um, GraphQL had to get a little bit more widespread. It had to get more user share so that the developers would tell their bosses, of course, you should be using GraphQL. You know what I mean? Not just like, yeah, I've, I've heard of this. Um, so what I wanted to do is lower the barrier to entry. Um, again, at the time, um, Apollo was a little rough to get started with. Um, you know, especially for somebody who doesn't know anything about GraphQL. And also at the time, like you had to import, like, like to get it going, like they, they have a, a, a beautiful amount of abstraction going there. Um, and that allows Apollo to work, um, across a number of different frameworks. Um, you know, it's, it's all split out. It's, it's, it's heavily abstracted, um, which, you know, is good in that sense, but in the sense of getting started when you have to NPM install eight things, uh, to get going. Um, you know, that, that, that's a little bit of friction and, you know, my, my whole value add most of the time is reducing friction. Um, so I said, how, how could, how can we get this done, uh, you know, in, in the least amount of code possible? Um, so I reduced it to one import. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're doing connections, um, you're using, you know, higher components or using render props or what have you, um, you know, with Apollo, you had to nest them. At the time, like if you wanted to do like multiple connections on a single component, you'd have to like nest it and stuff like that. So I wanted to do it. It's just one component. It's just a query component. And you can you can just you can attach your mutations with that. You can attach your, your queries to that. They'll update. So the, the idea was to make it uh, as simple as possible and that even extended to the cache. Um, I'm not smart enough to understand how Apollo's cache works and not even come close to be able to rewrite Caching it is so hard you know, it's, it's, it's yeah it's like a really really involved like normalization setup and you know i'm just not that smart um so i came up with a a simpler way to do the caching um and you know it's, it's all trade-offs you know it's like um if you're just putting something out you know it's like it's sort of like the thing where it's like you know uh, somebody might be wary to use create react app um in prod so to say Right. You know, if you're doing like prod for a client, um, but for like everything, literally everything else up to the point of it going into prod, it's fine. You know, I mean, it's the same sort of thing with Urkel where it's like, you know, if you really need like that, like in prod fortune 500 company control, sure. You know, uh, Apollo will do. Um, but for everything else, I mean, Urkel, you know, it's, it, it's it, to, to, to do anything beyond that would just be uh, premature optimization. So, so is this the refetch um, function that you're talking about where you said, oh, I'm, I've, you know, I found a simpler way around having the cache. Are you talking about the refetch function? No, it's, 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 um, so I, I couldn't figure out the normalization. So what I did was anytime you have a query on a component, um, I, I go through the action, I, I parse out the query uh, into AST. Um, I go and insert this type name, uh, property. And what, what type name does is an introspective property that'll give you the, the type of the, the GraphQL object thing that's being, uh, provided there. Right. Um, so what you can do is you can create a, an index of the type names, 
right? So you have like you know, uh, fucking post user and image in this query. Interesting, right? yeah. So anytime, anytime post gets updated, right, then you, you've got an invalidation. And then add in an escape hatch where you can do a granular like uh, uh, should component update style invalidation where you're given the stuff that's changing compared to the stuff that was prior. And then you can make that determination, return true or false. Um, so, so, you, so let me see if I understand this again, not having done that much GraphQL. You've got a GraphQL query. Um, you said you can insert a type name which tells you, I guess, the types of objects that you're getting back from your query, like whether it's a user or a to-do item or whatever you're getting back from your query. Friends, uh, to use the Facebook uh, example, the canonical Facebook example. So you, so you insert this type name. Now you know the types of objects that you're getting back. And then, uh, and then what do you do with those objects? You, you, you have like a fine-grained way to say, um, you said should component update. It's kind of like a way to say... This is all changing. Okay. Yeah, my buddy Phil at Formidable is rewriting it, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit more of a big boy cache. Uh, but you know, the way that it originally was set up is, um, if if you have a query that has posts, right, it knows that it has posts and registers it with a subscriber, right. So then, anytime you call a mutation, if you mutate a post, it's gonna invalidate anything that has posts. Okay, that makes sense. So by you know posts, I mean? you're not talking about the HTTP method. You're talking about like an object type, right? So yeah, you've got yeah. an object you have, yeah, posts yeah. And, and something is mutating the posts. Now you're the one who's getting the posts. Now you, you're, you're, whatever you had cached is now invalid. Yeah, so say you have a, a friends, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You have a list of friends and you, you connect the query friends to this list. If you have an if you have like an add friend button and and the mutation occurs and it knows that a friend was added, now that friends list is gonna is gonna aggressively invalidate on the basis that a friend had changed. Yeah, with 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 the escape hatch of having this, it's a prop. It's called should invalidate. Got it. So you can say so you can say no in the case where you know for sure that your that the friends that you're fetching do not need to be refetched. Exactly. Yeah. So if you, you know, any condition, like, you know, you just have a list of, you know, friends who are, you know, uh, you know, the property real friend is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Real>. <laughs> if, if, you know, if Timmy's not real friends, then, you know, don't, don't even worry about invalidating that because he's not going to be in the list anyway. He's just a guy I knew in high school. We're not real friends. I'm, I'm liking this app. Where can I download it? <laughs> the, the app that'll tell you who is your real friends and who's not. This sounds actually like a, a, a really nice way to do it. So you, you decided to, uh, you said, hey, I just want to use some GraphQL. I don't need a lot of this uh, sort of fancy stuff that Apollo's doing. Um, you know, I, I, you give a shout out to Apollo. You say, hey, this library wouldn't even be possible without Apollo. Apollo, Apollo made GraphQL click for me. So I'm giving some shout outs to those people, which I, I think is really cool. But then, you know, I want to take, I want to kind of have my own take on it and do this a little bit more, more simply. I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, since then, Apollo has taken inspiration from a ton of that stuff and put it into Apollo, um, which is great because um, you know, that, that's kind of the point in the first place. Yeah, yeah. You you wanted to just get about get a lot of that stuff back in there, right? I mean, we, we, I mean, when you think about it, it's like uh, if if this thing is gonna just have an update. I mean, in React, it's all about you know controlling your updates, right? Yeah. And if you're doing a mutation, I mean, I mean, if you're doing an add friend, like how often are you adding a friend? No. Right? No. Is it really that bad if the thing updates when you add a friend? Mm-hmm. Right? Like once, once every what? However, you know, it's not like the thing's on like a. It's not like it's like polling. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, this is this is something that's super fascinating to me is just I don't know what happened, but or if this is just this always happens, it's just part of the adoption curve. And I just haven't been a part of enough adoption curves to know that it's just standard. But this whole thing of like component pre-optimization Ooh. just drives me Ooh. batty. Well, you know where like, it comes from, don't, right? don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. It comes from Hacker News because anytime you post anything there. Yeah. Um, you get you get two inevitable questions regardless of what you're you're posting. How, how, yeah. and, and there are why do we need mm-hmm. this? And what about perf? And yeah, what a fucking shitty contribution <laughs> to any conversation that is. Yeah. Well, that's that's real unfortunate because like your library, I mean, the answer to like why do we need this is like well the the what it takes to actually use Apollo is too hard was. right now for the majority of people um was sure but a- at the time right um and then also what about perf is like don't care as much so like it's really hard on just those two metrics alone to communicate the value of something like this which increases the adoption of apollo and um also gives the you know the people developing these apis um another point of reference to say like oh this is like the simpler approach that people want and they're willing to make that trade-off to you know to perf um so let's try to like incorporate some of those people into this whole it's like the whole like why do we need this thing um most of the shit that gets posted up usually in in every readme i have and in most readmes right like the first thing is why we need this here's why so you know you know it's not that it's just this rhetorical like dickhead question like why do we need this you know what i mean like didn't even take time to click through there's there's no value in it because you know they're they're kind of reiterating it because they're they're saying you know i i read or didn't read the why we need this paragraph and i'm just gonna go ahead and you know kind of say yeah. that we don't need this by saying why do we need this which is why i don't like hacker news the other question about perf is uh because it's it's always the first question that uh i mean I, you, you all know that i teach react and it's it's always the first question i mean i know you both do as well it's 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 always the first question uh, out of out of somebody's mouth even when we're like just getting started with react you know we're just starting to talk about JSX and creating objects to describe the DOM. And then it's like, well, how's that going to perform? And it's like, what do you mean? What do you, what do you even mean? When we talk about performance, there are so many levels of performance. There's, there's network, there's cache, there's like CPU, there's memory, there's like raw, you know, download this bundle and, and execute, you know, interpret the, the, the code and, 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 um, and then there's run runtime performance. Well, and there's how quick can you change it when there's a bug? Yeah, yeah, and and so often the the question is just so sort of lazily and kind of like just thrown out there, like how how does this perform? It's not even a real question. They're just signaling, you know. It's like it's like oh, look at me, I give a shit about perf, but you don't even actually give a shit about perf. It's like what are you what are you doing? What are we what are we even doing? We're we're rendering lists of shit on the internet that really don't matter most of the time. You know, it's not like I was sitting here monitoring the oxygen levels of astronauts or something. I well, mean, so I, I, I get I get like startup perf and yeah. its relation to like uh, like conversion. No, I, I I agree with you, Ken. It's it's not even a real question. It's like uh, if you, it's like so usually what I do is I, I have one of two responses to that question. Usually I either if I'm feeling kind of like 
snarky, I'll put as much effort into the response as somebody put into the question and I'll just say, it performs great, at which point <laughs> the conversation is over. Or, or yeah, exactly. Oh, oh it it's performs blazing great. Fast. Next question. Blazing. Um, or, or what I'll say is, I'll say, well, um, you know, let's, let's ask Chrome, you know, and if you pop open Chrome's performance tab down there in the tools, uh, the only thing you've got there is a record button. Which, which means you have to measure this stuff and profile it before you can figure out like if you actually have a performance problem or not, which in the vast majority of conversations about quote-unquote performance uh, that we have in technology, nobody's profiling. You know, where, 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 is, where's the, uh, you know, where is the bottleneck? If you don't profile, you don't know where the bottleneck is that you're talking about. You're just looking at and thinking, oh, well, it's slow. We should have written this in view <laughs> or whatever, right? Like I heard that technology X, I heard that some other technology doesn't have this problem. I mean, we did this at Twitter when I was there. We, uh, we, uh, we had written our whole app in Ruby and, uh, and you know, we're like, well, we heard Scala is faster. So like everything, we're just going to rewrite everything in Scala and like everything's a service now and everything and Twitter, like, well, anyway, maybe we'll need to edit this out, but Twitter engineering is like, the, 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 it's just crazy. It's crazy. Let me just, let me just, let me just say that this is crazy. But, um, but anyway, the, the rewrite doesn't solve any problems, right? You have to, you have to, the point is you got to measure, you got to profile. Once you see the bottleneck, now let's talk about performance. And, and in react, what I've found is there's always an answer. You know, it was, if you need to throw in a should component update, if you need to throw in a pure component, we can address this performance problem, but, but don't ask me, how does this perform? without having profiled, without having measured, uh, you know, or, or without even knowing like what the question is, like what, what is the aspect, what is the performance aspect that we are concerned about? If somebody says, what about perf? There's only one answer to that. <laughs> and that is, are you using object or array literals as props? Yeah. And that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Then that, that, that gives them something to think about. Right. Yeah. And then you can go into the whole lesson about that and, you know, the actual, update cycle and what what triggers updates just just, just don't use a render prop whatever you do because that'll oh, kill boy. that'll kill the performance of your whole app oh just murder the performance <laughs> you know actually that reminds me of a tweet that you uh, mentioned i think did okay correct me if i'm wrong but you had with regards to urkel you had uh changed it from like an actual render like the prop name render to like uh function children yeah. right yeah. And you said something about uh, was it uh, performance or like API? No, it was it was API. Uh, so um, yeah, having the prop be named render, yeah. um, uh, I guess you couldn't do a functional child with that. Whereas when you name it children, you can supply it as an explicit prop. Yeah. Or you know an implicit child function. Just lets you write it different when you're writing the JSX. Let's you, it's a, you, get, it's a you have twofer. two options if you name it children. Yeah, twofer. It's the more flexible option, which uh, you know, and I, I don't think there's any uh, intricacies as far as how React handles children. There, it's really just API flexibility. Yeah, I was just I was just curious because it's something that like I I have liked the or I guess up until the new context API came out, I really liked that. Uh, basically like delegating render, I felt like it was a lot clearer and easier to understand. 
than like kind of passing in a, a block with a function inside of it. Um, and so I was kind of curious to get a little bit more information on what it was that actually... Uh, I, I liked it too, but I got my mm, mind changed. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really more just, it was easier to explain to people, in my opinion. It's like, oh yeah, you have this render function. You're just passing that back up. Like you're just giving that back, you know, control back to whoever's implementing yeah. it. Agree. But what ifs? What ifs? One last topic, and then we'll wrap this up. You've been getting into ReasonML lately. That's right. You're like you're like on all the most cutting edge stuff, Ken. That's just that's just how I'm doing it out here. It's just how you roll. So uh, so ReasonML, help me understand. Uh, what have you been working on? Um, been having trouble uh, getting clients to say yes to it because it's so new mm. and so edge. Mm. Um, but I'm really, really liking it in the context of React Native. Mm-hmm. Um, you see with uh, native applications, when there's an error, they completely shit the bed. <laughs> um, you know, as opposed to the web where it can kind of chug along and you'd be all right. And you're like, hey, what happened? This thing is kind of messed up. You know, it's a malfunctioning robot. Um, you know, native apps just crash. You know, so so errors in, in native are bad. Um, so you want to do what you can to not have that happen. Um, you know, I'm not going to make any extravagant like Elm-like claims about no errors, but uh, you know, it is a sound type system and will not let your ass get away with uh, having unhandled null. So um, there's a lot of safety there in that respect. Um, Beyond that, uh, it's it's really nice as far as like a programming paradigm. Like you know when you went from writing like jQuery stuff to to writing React stuff, and it was a completely different style of programming. You started thinking about problems differently. It's that kind of change where now you're using uh, you know this like JavaScripty flavor of OCaml, and you have. Um, See, here's, here's the crazy thing about it is you have these things, you know, it's not just first class types, which are the shit, might I add. <laughs> um, but these first class types are actually like data structures too. At the same time, it's both a type and a data structure, sort of like a TypeScript enum. Um, so you have these variant types, um, which themselves are, are data, right? It, it's, it, yeah, da- yeah, it's data. Um, <laughs> they're... Uh, um, you know, so you have the pattern matching and you have the variant types. Uh, and it, it has some some patterns that you might, you know, it's like almost like state machine-y uh, kind of stuff where it's, uh, you know, you're not using strings or anything like that. And then like you have... One thing, I'm, one thing I'm super interested in taking advantage of is the the pattern matching. Oh, it's reason. fantastic. And it's, and it's, it's, you will not write reason without it. It's, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. especially reason react. If you're doing like a reducer component, the pattern matching rights that is right there. And yeah, I took a look at the uh, router that they did in Reason React, and it was all just just a pattern match. I mean, that's all routing is, right? It's yeah. um, so that's the perfect uh, case for a pattern matcher. Yeah, and it's like whenever you thought you've hit a wall with it, right? You're like, ah, I knew they didn't have this covered. You go and you look, and you're like, bah, they've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So when you're using Reason React, does it feel like you're kind of like I know that it uses it kind of targets React, right? Like you're writing Reason, and it kind of has this like integration. Um, it's React, yeah. Does it does it feel for the most part? Because I know they have different. Um, 
components uh, than the kind of React library itself does. Does it feel like you're kind of off grid a little bit or does it feel like you're like, I mean, first class, you're right there. It feels like, like if I were to write like a React fantasy API. <laughs> Seriously, it's like okay. a React fantasy okay. API. All right. Um, like imagine if uh, if it was all just functions and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you didn't have classes um, and everything. Like, like imagine if you put like like modern day React and like like an Elm type thing together. Right, like you took like React, Elm, and Redux and smashed them all together, Hulk style. Um, that's sort of what it feels like. Okay. Um, but there's 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 accoutrements, right? So it's like you have uh, you have things like prop punning, right? So yes. like yeah, like you're not writing you know data equals bracket data, right? You just write data. Um, yeah. You have things like uh, uh, like like who likes positional arguments, right? You have you have you have named arguments um optional arguments even right mm-hmm. you can you can do like a underscore before an argument and then it doesn't bitch about it being unused and uh, those are all part of the language right so it's like you don't have like the prop types thing at that yeah, point yeah, because it's, it's, all, yeah, it's all all reason it's all the language you know some yeah. stuff is a little bit different right like um uh some of the operators like like for you you have to keep in mind that you're still you're still writing OCaml, right so it's like you can't you know this isn't this isn't uh, JavaScript and it's not, it's surely not HTML. So you can't just have this like free form text all over the place. Right. So like you have to do this thing, like reason react dot string and then the text yeah. that you want to, to yeah. cast the string. There's a lot of like, like casting type stuff that you need to do. You know, th- this, this type coercion shit isn't, isn't there. Right. So, you know, if you have, if you have a Boolean or you, I mean, you, you have to, you know, if you want to do Booleans in react, you do have to cast that to string. But uh, something like a, like an integer, right? You have to cast mm-hmm. that to string. You have to say int of string mm-hmm. or string event rather. Um, yeah, that maybe. feels like that could get a little bit kind of unwieldy sometimes. You but get, I, like, you, I can understand why they're doing it. You get used to it because it has to have a type, you know. Yeah, and and that's just that's just the the one of the parts of it being just sound as fuck. You know, because it's like it's like you know you you see yourself doing it and you're like shit. Like how often in JavaScript, is it just doing this for me and fucking it up? Yeah. You know, like, you know, so it's, I, I guess that that's a, that's a pretty cool part. That's true. You, you sleep better at night, right? Because like, it's a pain in the butt to write it the first time, but then you never worry about it again. I'm giving a talk tomorrow and it's a reason talk, right? But uh, the whole first half of the talk is about making your app sturdier, right? Mm. And there's, I have never felt as confident about the sturdiness of an application than when it was written in reason. Yeah. Boom. Ever. That's the endorsement. That's all. That's all. I'm serious. That's all. That's all I need to hear. So I was, I, I emceed Seattle JS mm-hmm. and I uh, felt bad going to a conference and just talking and not presenting. I felt like I wanted to help out a little bit more. A lot of people working really hard to make that happen. So I said, Hey, maybe I should uh, make a conference app. We don't have a conference app. You know, perhaps I should make one. So I made it with Reason in React Native. Reason React Native. Uh, it, it was BS React Native, um, which is the bindings. There's also Rebolt now, which you can use. But um, I, I was writing it and finishing it on the plane to Seattle to go. Oh, no way. That. Your way there. Yeah, and I didn't have Wi-Fi, right? But I was still mm-hmm. editing it because I have a compiler, 
right? That is sitting here telling me whether this is good or not. And uh, one of the, one of the things that really made Reason stand out for me is when I landed and got Wi-Fi. You've got to be kidding me! It worked. What? <laughs> it worked. Now I was sitting. I was sitting there flying blind, right? Just just coding, just kind of relying on the type system to make sure that this would actually run and not shit the bed. Dude, ran it. It worked. And uh, that 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 was a big step for me. And uh, I thought it was cool because I, I I put the first reason in the app store. Nice. Blau. Nice. Blau. <laughs> first in, holler at your boy. It was that it was that app, that conference app for Seattle JS. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the first one. Yeah, and it was it was non-trivial too. Yeah, it was. Uh, dude, some fancy nice shit. work, Ken. Nice work, dude. America. So the so the value for React Native is definitely there. It seems to feel more natural. It seems to kind of uh, be a better fit for that system, um, given the error situation. Um, do you feel like it's uh, as good of a bet on the web, or are there still some hurdles there? I do. I do. And um, the reason that I do is if you look at something like like Sunil's like BS nice, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're you're uh, and then this is present in the React Native bindings, too. When you're doing CSS, um, it's typed, right? So like uh, anywhere you, where it accepts like a string value, right? Like if you have like a none or block or something like that, um, these are enums, right? So it's like a uh, if, if you're not providing a value that's valid at compile time, it's going to tell you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's checking your CSS for you. Yep. Yep. Um, so from a CSS perspective, you know, it's there and it's solid. So, you know, it's, it's while the errors are a bigger deal in React Native, um, in regular React on the web, it's great too. And I just want to add one more thing about Reason before we wrap that up. Um, there's also a project called Reprocessing, right? Which is a Reason port of processing um, where you can make a, you can make uh, games, right? And this has nothing to do with React, right? It's like a game loop and you're just writing it in Reason. You know, there's no React architecture. Um, and it's fantastic. And it renders to OpenGL on the web. It renders to native Android and native iOS. Wild. Native and, and OpenGL native on the desktop. And this is native code. I'm not talking about React native. It's There's no interpreted JavaScript thread. This shit goes native. It compiles to native code. Crazy. Um, which is bananas. You, you write a game one time and you get it for free on the web, uh, mobile devices, and your desktop. Sold. Didn't, uh, didn't Jared Forsyth yeah. do a game in that? He did too. Yeah. It was like a game with like a ship flying around. I thought I saw. But that, yeah, that's really cool. And he did Throw Rocks too. Yeah, and he, and he published the game on iOS and on Android, and you could play it on the desktop as well. Well, cool. Well, Ken, we have gone for almost an hour now, which I think is the longest we've gone Wow! For, with anybody. So this is amazing. Thank you for sticking with us for so long. Dude, thanks for having me for so long. I'm usually thrown <laughs> like out at this point. Ken Wheeler, everybody, thank you for thank you for joining us on the React Podcast. Let's see. Wait, wait, let's get your handles out here. What are we? Ken underscore Wheeler on Twitter. Ken Wheeler on GitHub, Ken Wheeler on MySpace, Sexy Baby Kitten 5 on AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> no, you were not. <laughs> yep. All right. Ken, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we will see you all next week on another uh, episode of the React Podcast. Hello. Hello.